This story begins with none other than an old friend called Tom Higgins. We went to the same school, played on the same football team, at least until he left for a better one, and spent a slightly deflated evening together this New Year's when we were both home with no one else to see. In the dream, he wanders over to me, upset about something. I embrace him to comfort him, and we start to walk while in each other's arms past many people we know. Then, after a while, the mood of the dream flips, and people judge it to be more than just a friend comforting a friend. I wake up and think nothing much more of it. Then the next day, I cycle past a yoga festival in a park. The festival is a collection of Tulsa's free spirits, a town not really known for free spirits, but these people were selling things like body realignment coaching, sound healing, and home kombucha kits. Then I walk past the stall offering one free dream interpretation, and my mind immediately goes back to Tom. The two women at the stall are dressed in smart casual, looking slightly out of place, And after I've described my dream, she asks me, describe Tom in two words. So I think for a minute and say, kind and loyal. And she spins together this narrative about how the dream is my subconscious telling my conscious mind that there are these aspects of myself, kindness and loyalty, that previously I've embraced, but I now have a somewhat conflicted relationship with. I was impressed by how particular the interpretation was to my life, how it kind of had this practical relevance, and particularly how unmystical it was. So when she asked if I wanted to sign up for a dream interpretation course, I offered my email address. A week or so passes, and I receive an email reminding me, that the first class begins on Monday. And I'm in a new city, Tulsa. I don't really have many friends. I don't really have a social life. So I think, why not? I cycle three miles across town and arrive at a strange shack by the side of a main road. It doesn't look like the school of metaphysics. It looks more like, say, your grandma's house. But I knock on the door and Christine opens Christine is dressed in a pencil skirt and a blouse, looking more like an office worker than a spiritual leader. But we begin with some awkward small talk, and she eventually invites me into a different room. At this stage, it's myself, Christine the teacher, and one other attendee, who expertly outmaneuvers me by volunteering herself to go last in answering the icebreaker question about why we're here. I gulp and kind of give this guff about how I was mooching around the yoga festival and I saw your stand offering one free dream interpretation and it was a good interpretation so that's why I'm here. Christine kind of nods like I've given the most bland answer possible and then the other woman um, gives her reason for being here. She starts well I've always been a vivid dreamer. When I was a child, I would remember dreams in far greater detail 
than other children. Sometimes they felt realer than being awake. And I'm not trying to say I'm special, but recently my dreams have been coming true, and I want to harness that. Well, fuck. So, I give some kind of bland guff about enjoying the interpretation we gave, and I'm sitting here with Mystic Meg, who's just completely outdone me, and I'm lining up squarely as the rationalist bore in our class of two. Thankfully, a curly-haired woman called Stacy bustles in. She laughs nervously and apologises for being late, at least three times, because her counselling session overran. Her joke about telling the client to hurry up doesn't even have time to land before she nervously makes clear that she's joking. A dream interpretation course is her way of outfoxing the state of Oklahoma's changing occupational licensing law. Stacy has intense te- test anxiety, and that blocks her way to formal qualifications. So instead, she learns these new forms of alternative therapy that sit outside the bureaucracy's clammy hands. Stacy works predominantly with sexual assault victims. Sometimes she wonders if the stories get to her, but she insists she looks after herself. The lesson begins by taking it in turns to read from a six-page sheet about the course. The course leader suggests we break up the reading with discussions. The rough overview of this six-page document is that you need to become aware of what your dreams are telling you. It becomes clear that the authority on becoming aware does not sit with our teacher, who does suggest a donation of $20 per class, despite expecting us to do most of the talking. But the authority sits with these cheap printouts that she charges an additional $5 for. Our first breakout discussion is essentially, do you often remember your dreams? Palace makes clear what the correct answer to this question is by launching into a full-scale attack on people who don't remember their, co- their dreams. Of course, Palace recalls all her dreams intensely, in case we hadn't caught it the first time. Noting the preceding outburst, I make clear that I do in fact remember my dreams, and heart in mouth, I venture a thought that could be hearsay. Often, my dreams don't follow narratives, but revolve around problems I've been working with in my research, and I often wake up with kind of new ideas from this. Palace, frowns, pause, silence. The teacher enthusiastically notes that many creatives come to inspiration through dreams, apparently like John Lennon and the song Imagine. Palace butts in to make clear Inspiration comes to her while asleep too. In spite of my spiritual poverty, I think the instructor appreciates my questions. The judgment-free, how does the school of metaphysics relate to modern neuroscience, allows her to elucidate the difference between the brain existing in the physical sphere alone and the multiple spheres of the mind. I then ask, a clarification question about whether there is a hard boundary between the subconscious state of our dreams and the conscious state of our waking life. The teacher explains that there is a hard barrier, but you can be confused about the state which you're in, as in the movie An Incredible Mind.
Then a teacher asks me what I do for a living. Midway through my explanation, she interrupts me to ask when my birthday is. A Leo, of course! And so begins a 15-minute discussion between the two Virgos and a Libra, with me sat there feeling completely left out. Stacy keeps dating Pisces, despite knowing that the relationship is destined to fail, and she vows to pay more attention to star signs in future relationships. I accidentally reveal far too much by responding with, I'd love nothing more, when asked if I would like to start the reading after the next star sign discussion. When I try to apologise for sounding rude, it only confirms my true feelings about star signs, and it cements my place as the rationalist bore. Just as they were starting to like my curiosity, must be more careful next lesson. Our homework task is to begin a dream journal. Immediately upon waking, we need to jot down everything we remember about our dream on the left-hand side of the paper. The right-hand side is where the interpretation goes, which we'll learn about in our next lesson. To be continued.